Welcome to the Rudo Love Podcast, interviews and anecdotes tailored for the inquisitive souls of today. On this week's Ooh Ooh interview, where I ask juicy questions to people that move me, I have asked a dear friend and fascinating magic man, Brian Burnaman, joining me in the Wii studio that we are in today in Tamaki Mokoro. Brian is a wellness coach, facilitator. I see him as a man dedicated to offering healing experiences, handing out mindfulness tools and resources to a society that truly needs it. I see his work as being based in community action, environmental sustainability, healing and peacefulness modalities, coaching, leading intention-filled lives that touch each other, fuel each other. I mean, Brian tends to the soil and roots of his community, You'll hear his dulcet tones on Instagram and Facebook, live events, uh, his weekly show called the Conscious Action Podcast. So without further ado, welcome, Brian. Mm, thank you, Ruda, so much for having me here. Um, thank you for for this space and for this wonderful conversation that I already, like, I can feel it is so, so nice. So thank you for having me. Uh. Such an honor. We have a beautiful show in store for you listening. I plan on asking Brian about your influences, your offerings, what inspires you, and also get a bit magical with some <laughs> sound samplings of your unique voice and resonance. How does that sound? It sounds wonderful and beautiful. Let's do it. Yes. Firstly, let's start with your your header when you go on to uh, your website, The Ancient and the Modern. Let's talk about the brief history of your work and what teachings and cultures have impacted you. So starting with a little bit about your life. Mm, yes. So I grew up in Argentina and my family heritage is Jewish. And so I grew up with with that and then my parents started to become interested in their own personal journey and spirituality mm. and started to get into Kabbalah and started to get into astrology, Tibetan Buddhism, healing. And that was what started to lead me into getting interested. And I started to, to find that I was resonating with what they were sharing. And I couldn't pinpoint why, but mm. it was like, there's something there. And that resonance, now I understand it much, much more in a deeper way. But there was this recognition of something. And so as a teenager, I started to read some of the books that my parents were giving me in Tibetan Buddhism. Tibetan yoga, energy healing, Reiki, a lot of these different modalities. And I started to find that that was my way. Ugh. That was my path. Um, and I started to, to see as well how this was different than what I was used to before, different than what other people around were um, interested in and what was quote-unquote normal so i saw 
in the community, my parents, especially my mom, struggling because they didn't accept what she was doing. Oh, wow. She was bringing like some things that, you know, weren't like part of what the Jewish community does and practices. Oh, I see. So I was like, okay, like this is interesting, but it was just things that I was noticing. And then I started to go deeper and deeper into the practices. Every time that my parents were like, do you want to try this? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my siblings didn't say yes. So that was oh. really, really nice from my parents to accept and invite us, but allowing us to say yes or no. And so I got really interested in Tibetan yoga. The first class ever that I did of Tibetan yoga, I felt something that I had never felt before. I was, we were doing these postures and I felt this energy. Ooh. And I had never felt this energy before in my life. And I started, that was, I think, the first time ever that I really felt my feelings. Oh, wow. And from then on, I started to understand, okay, I was so disconnected from my body. And through the years, that was a huge part of my path that has been reconnecting with my home, which is my body, my mm. feelings, and to embody and to come back to that place. And as well, all of the other teachings and practices and traditions that were more esoteric or more energetically inclined. And I started to to see how I was, you know, like being able to feel the energy in my hands and play with it and go into to have a Reiki session and mm -hmm. then being like, oh, I want to learn how to do this. <laughs> and I asked my teacher if I could learn how to do this. And he said, like, yeah, I teach it. And I was like, oh, okay, so how does that work? And he told me, and I was like, okay, so how much is it? And he had connection with angels and guides. So he just closed his eyes and a few seconds later, he came back and he said... For you, it's free because you're going to help a lot of people in the future. What? So this is me as a teenager. Um, was that daunting to uh, it, hear that? It was. It was. It was really interesting because this was the start of my path. This is. I didn't yet have a lot of connection with other beings, with energies. This was a little bit new to me. So it was like, oh, okay. Like in my head was like amazing. <laughs> Were you scared? No, I wasn't scared at all. I think that was a recognition that's that that's, that's normal. But so I, I trusted and... And I started to get into all of this path and and to come back to to that blend of the ancient and the modern i I recognize in Tibetan Buddhism something from a past life mm -hmm. uh, which is why I resonated so much with it, and I went and lived for a few years at the Tibetan Buddhist Retreat Center, going deeper into these practices. 
um, than with some of the other practices as well. So, I especially with Tibetan Buddhism, there's there's something there. Yeah, I see you up in the mountains. Yeah, I can see it really clearly. <laughs> and and that that has been huge. Yet at the same time, I remember one of the first books that that I read was that my mom gave me was about the Aboriginal people in Australia. Oh yeah. And like mutants down down under. Oh, that's such an incredible book. Uh, and that was, you know, like the recognition that the answers that I was looking for were there, and that the ancient traditions had those answers. Yeah. And that was what led me into a lot of my own exploration, and and through the years now living in New Zealand for the last seven years and and learning, and I'm still quite ignorant of it, but learning about the Te Reo Maori perspective and philosophy and worldview, uh, learning about, you know, like the cosmovision of the South American people as well, like all of the indigenous people there, all of these traditions are so important for me because A, I recognize them as something that is true. I resonate with them. And as well, I see them as the answers that we're looking for as individuals and as a society and civilization. They are there. Yet, a lot of people have been conditioned to only follow science and only follow the logical and what they can explain. Mm -hmm. Therefore, uh, for me, it's really important to understand that not everyone is going to be open to me saying something about energy or about a light being or, or about vibration. Mm -hmm. They might be more open to me talking about the, the brain, and, and understand, I, I did my postgrad in neuroscience and to be able to understand neuroplasticity and what happens mm -hmm. and to understand that nowadays the these scientific methods is actually saying that oh, all of these ancient traditions has an effect. <laughs> yes. It's now they they are saying like, oh, actually now we can measure it. Yeah. So now it is true. Isn't that lovely? So it is wonderful to be able to, for me, uh, bring those worlds that seem that are separate together. Yes. Because that is what we need. We, we need more connection and we need to understand, okay, I'm talking to this person, this person is more right brain inclined. So I'm going to talk about this in that perspective this person is more left brain i'm going to talk about it from their perspectives for me this has been part of my own journey in the last 10 years especially working with individuals working with organizations and businesses is understanding who am i talking to and in what language do they need me to facilitate to reach them because if i'm going to create distance between the topic and the person just because of using certain words that's not going to be helpful okay so what i want is to be able to understand how 
can I access that? How can I get through to this person so that they open the door? Right. And for some people, that means using completely scientific language. And for some people, like you, it's going to be, <laughs> let's just do the work. Let's just talk about all of these things that for a lot of people, it's like too woo-woo. Mm. Let's just do that because you are open to it. So for me, this bringing together these two different worlds is something that we need more of because everything in this 3D world is in duality. And instead of creating separation, what we need is to come together and to create understanding and to create more collaboration. Yes, we can hold multiple perspectives at one time. Yes, we can think differently, but we can hold both of those things at the same time. Woo. Wow. What an entrance into the world of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, I'm stepping back for a moment because I was really enjoying the glimpses into because i resonate with what you were describing as a small child i'm just going to call you a small child in this moment but the 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 youthfulness of you finding familiarity or recognition um the the thing that you knew but didn't know that you knew and you felt like you were returning to it um if i were to kind of project my own wording around <laughs> that recognition that spark of oh, I've lived this before. Oh, this is native mm. to my understanding. I really resonate with that. And I share that exact same experience, especially with the two cultures that you just referred to. Um, the, I, I was, before I forget, what's the difference between Tibetan uh, yoga and uh, I guess like Ashtanga yoga or other types of, is, is it the same? There's so the style of Tibetan yoga that I learned in Tibetan is called Kum Nye. It's not actually called Tibetan yoga, it's just Tibetan yoga known in the West. But Tibetan yoga, as it's known, or Kum Nye Tibetan yoga, the way that I learned it from the tradition of my teacher, Tartan Tulku, that is a Tibetan Lama, is actually a synthesis of the Chinese. Tibetan and Indian medicinal systems. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of elements that are similar to a lot of the um, Indian yogic traditions. And at the same time, there's some elements that come from Chinese medicine. There's some elements that come from the Tibetan culture as well. So there's certain movements or certain uh, postures that are very similar Yet, I, in my own experience, it is slightly different. So sometimes the practice looks more like Qigong or Tai Chi. And sometimes the practice is more like Lama dancing. So there's... Lama dancing? Yes. So there's a lot of different elements to it. And it's the one that I resonated with. This is, I, I always say to people... Not everyone will resonate with the same practice. For me, it's an incredible practice. I love sharing it because 
I love it and I've seen the transformation that it has created on me. So the most important aspect for me nowadays, not what's at its core and the essence of it, nowadays a lot of yogic practices in the Western civilization, they have lost a little bit of their essence and why they are practiced and how to be practiced. They have been focused a lot on the asanas and the physical aspect of it. And that's just a reduction of what those practices were or are supposed to be. And Tibetan yoga, because it's not that well known, it hasn't, mm, that hasn't happened. Like, mm. and, and I actually remember that when I was living there, I was like, okay, we need to start doing a teacher training because there's only like 20 people in the world that are like facilitating this. And I, I remember that there was a sense that they didn't want the teachings to be diluted and to, and to lose its essence because to be able to understand what it is that one is facilitating, one needs to embody it. And to embody it, it's it's not just like a, I'm going to go to Bali for 30 days and then I'm going to embody it. It might take you years. It might take you less. Each person is different. And that was something that I recognized as well when I was living there. And I think that because I... I learned this in a past life. For me, it was much quicker than for other people to get it, like to really embody it and to be able to be like, okay, I can share this. Wow. Hmm. So that recognition for you, like I love that it, it was a family journey as well, that you were able to kind of, you know, if you think about the domestic life being a mixture of moving in and out of society and schooling and friends and, and, you know, this kind of germane aspect of life, but then you've got this kind of secret um, expansion that's happening that you're sharing between your parents and yourself. Was there kind of a Describe the tone of what it was like in your home when, uh, when all of this was expanding and, and, and unfolding for you. Well, I think there, I, I didn't understand it. I, I was a teenager. I didn't really see how things were unfolding at the moment. I started to see that my parents' life was different. I started to see that, as an example, at home, we started to change a lot of the actions for example we were eating watching the tv and like when i was up until that moment and then it was like okay we're going to change that we're going to eat in the living room no tv we're just going to communicate and talk and beautiful and little things like that that i started to notice and and it's been incredible as well for me seeing the path that my parents have taken mm-hmm. and, and my siblings as well and how certain things as well have resonated with them right. and not everything that has resonated with me. Yet this change of trajectory that 
I thought, you know, like I was a kid, I wanted to be, be a journalist, I was a very shy kid, um, I, I didn't really connect with my body and with a lot of things. I was, as I said before, I was completely disconnected from my feelings and the experience started to shift a lot in being able to, to stand on my own true feet mm -hmm. and to trust and to at some point decide, you know, I need to buy a one-way ticket and explore. <laughs> and, I, and, and I bought a one-way ticket to New York and it's like, okay, let's see what happens with no idea. And 12 years later, I'm, you know, I'm now living in New Zealand. And I think that, that inner exploration with outer exploration has been a big part of it. And now in 2022, all of my family, my parents, my siblings, all of them are not living in Argentina anymore. Everyone left. And that has been part of it. Uh, and the manifestation of the inner work on the outer work, on the outer world as well. Yeah. And that that is beautiful for me to see. And there's been a lot of a lot of challenges, both for me and for my my family, my parents, like when, you know, grandparents dying uh that's not easy to navigate through um different health things yet i think that the the understanding and the expansion and the work is what keeps us connected and grounded and being able to to live a life that is a little bit different than most people live mhm mhm i feel like i can identify a bit of my story with what you're saying because I grew up with this incredibly unique family where we gathered at the table every single night. We talked at dinner, we talked about um, ethics and morality and uh, you know conundrum and relationships. And I would watch every single one of my friends would come to my house and be asked really poignant, you know, introspective questions by my family. And then I could see them in shock mm. that they were a being treated uh, with curiosity and reverence um, because a lot of, uh, a lot of them weren't treated with respect. Like adults were not interested in them. Um, but I guess the other part of it was that there was so much communication. There was so much, exploration and transparency in the household. And I think that it's really beautiful to be able to share your inner landscape with your family. I think mm. that's something that really, now that I'm thinking about it, now that you and I are actually sitting down together and kind of utilizing our conversations in a way to reflect that I'm just really fortunate that I have that shared experience with you. Mm. Yes, definitely. And and it's not that common. I talked with a lot of people and a lot of my clients and they are the only ones in their families that are doing any kind of inner work and or healing. That's gotta be lonely. And and it is. And 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 I know my experience 
is very different. I just spent uh, a few months, I went abroad and I spent some time with my family and we were with my parents every day. We woke up and we did a meditation practice. We did a meditation practice in the evening. We listened to channelings from different people that we follow during the day. We went for walks in nature. Um, and to be able to do that with my with my family, I want like now we went on a retreat, my parents and me. Like we went on wow. a retreat that was like a Pleiadian healing retreat. What? Pleiadian. The Pleiades are Matariki. Um, for all of you Northern Hemisphere people out there, the Pleiades are what you would recognize as the star cluster that down in Aotearoa we call Matariki. Anyways, sorry. Yes. No, that's, and, and you know, I, I recognize this is not the normal thing. And, and I'm so grateful to have the family that I have and to have the parents that I have and that they keep on doing the work, especially healing, so that that I don't have to do that as well. Everything that they are doing and they have been doing, especially uh, they have done a lot of work with family constellations. That is one of the the tools that I use a lot. They Everything that they do, I'm grateful because they are doing it for me as well. Beautiful. Hey, what would you say to somebody <laughs> like me <laughs> who is, um, in all honesty, scared shitless by the, at the thought of family constellation? I, I have actually heard it from a lot of people. I think that there is nothing to be afraid of because this this is really important always. Anytime that that I work with with someone and me not as a facilitator, me as a as a client, I need to resonate with the person and with their approach. And not everyone's approach is the same, even within one technique. The way, for example, that I work with family constellations. Can you fill us in what is family constellation? Yes. So with family, or sometimes it's called systemic or organizational constellations, oh. it's depending on how we work with it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tool that can be used for healing to reveal what's been an energetic entanglement that is holding us to a certain pattern and we have been acting out or we have been reacting to life in a certain way based on those aspects of our family or organizations or ancestors, anything that was never integrated, processed or healed. So when we get to a part of of our life that we feel like ah there's this blockage here or there's something in the way with family constellation we can see what's behind that what's underneath that that we can't get through that we can't integrate and it's been for me a huge part of my own healing journey and i remember like i'll, I'll tell you shortly like the first time ever that i went to a family constellation session my Tibetan yoga teacher, she was a, a facilitator and and she asked me if I wanted to go and I had no idea what it was. I was like, yeah, I trust you, let's go. <laughs> uh, and I'm there with, um, in a circle of 30 people 
my teacher in the middle with this woman and this woman wanted to work on the relationship that she had with her kids because it wasn't that good since she got divorced and my teacher started to introduce these different people to represent her ex and her kids and I thought these people are acting you know like I'm seeing this unfold and I'm thinking everyone's just acting out as if you know someone was the husband someone was the the kid and then my teacher says, okay, there's something missing here. And she asked the woman if she had another baby. And she said no. And she asked her if she had a miscarriage. And she said yes. And for Constellation's perspective, that is a soul that is part of our energy. It's an element energy. that's still yes. resonating or impacting. Definitely. It's still part of the energetic entanglement that we have. And so she's just pointing pointed to me and asked me to step forward the moment that I stepped forward I felt this energy and I like I just started going towards this strange woman and I go to her feet and she comes down and hugs me and I start to cry and cry and cry and cry and in my head I'm like what is happening and at the same time, I was holding this energy that, that was the baby. And when I stepped away from that, I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> this is an incredible tool. And the the way that I was taught, so I did after many years of being a client, I thought I want to learn how to do this. So I did four and a half years of training of that. And, and the way that I work is more on an energy level and less on a story level. Right. So I don't get caught up with who. I don't get caught up with what they did, whether there was something really negative or not. I just focus on there's some energy that is not integrated and is preventing the person that I'm working with to move forward in their life and therefore, it's just like any other energy healing session. We should work collective. with that. It can be collective, but it can also be done individually. Oh, you're kidding. So I mostly work with people one-on-one -on -one with that because of that. Because a lot of people feel safer in that container of working one-on-one. -on -one, and I just use objects to represent. And I a lot of times find that... Uh, there's a better response because people, unless, this is just my experience, unless people that are in that circle are actually able to r resonate with the energy and really embody it, then they start using their heads a lot in those right. circles. So as a facilitator, it's harder for me to actually notice what's happening, what's the dynamic and what's the energy if someone is acting instead of allowing. So for me, it's much easier to use a piece of paper or to use um, whatever object because that object is not going to get in the way with <laughs> thinking. It's just going to give me the energy exactly. So it's a lot of times there's some of these tools that for me as well, it seems really challenging and, and a little bit you know, I'm like, ooh, what's that? Like, 
do I do I go for that? And mm -hmm. there's that element of resistance, and I think that it's about finding the the way that resonates with you to make it safer, to make it so that it's something that you can do. So especially for for you yeah. that you were saying that. I mean, I for me, I, the resistance I think is a combination of social embarrassment. There's there's a little bit of um, a shame factor of like airing out dirty laundry in front of other people or, or a sense of um, public humiliation almost. Mm -hmm. There's, there's some kind of weird hang up that I have around being totally out of my comfort zone in front of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's my own social hang up. But then I guess the other part of that is the, the fear of the unknown, mm. which is something that I am repelled and uh, drawn into at the same time. Mm. So nice. that feels really, really gratifying and, and like a little bit more calming for me to think that you can do it one-on-one -on -one just to be able to do the work and, and not have any of the other blockers be in mm. the way. <laughs> yes, and, and, and you know as well, it's perfectly natural to to have this resistance as well when we have these different aspects as you're saying if there's that shame uh, in a, in a group or or that fear of that unknown it's perfectly okay as well to feel that and and to do certain things when the time is right for them not always is the right time to do everything and we need to trust our own experience to trust our feelings into is this right for me? Yes, no. Perhaps it's not now as well. I love that. Thank you for mentioning that because, you know, the evolution of self-help is there's so much enthusiasm and so much momentum towards creating uh, opportunities or diving into things. But if if you're if the fortitude's not there and you start to unravel, um, you know do we have the inner resiliency to get by when something has been unpicked fast mm. and uh, painfully at times not mm. to. Yes. Yeah. I feel like the checking in yes, no, the discernment between resistance to change versus I don't have enough spoons for this right now. Hmm. <laughs> That's a really, really interesting. Do you do you often have a sort of process or checklist that you go through with um, new clients or new um, connections where you guide people through their own inner check or do you sense it as well when you're like, oh, wow, we're going down a road, I don't know. I, 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 I mostly sense it. Uh, I'm, I'm very attuned for some reason, since I've started to do a lot of my own body feeling and energy work, and I, I feel, and I've actually had clients or potential clients, I'm like, no, like, and they were like, I want to do it. I'm like, it's a no. Like, Whoa! Your, your head is telling you yes, but you're actually not open to the energy changing. So it's not now, it's, it's a no at this moment come back later on and it might be different. And what's interesting from that perspective for me is that in those moments, my head is telling me, Brian, that's a client, that's, <laughs> that's, that's money, you know? 
and and then there's this in this knowing inside that luckily I can you know not get onto that thought that tells me this is not the right time for them or this is not the right tool or whatever it is, but there's no energy to do this work, so it's a no. Fantastic. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. So we are going to move into um, is <laughs> some sound. Uh, an example of something that I personally love. So this is a personal request because it's my show and I can ask for whatever I want. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask Brian to do um, what I would say is sort of Tibetan chanting. I could be completely off on that, but um, you can correct me. Mm. Well, just to, to I, I did a lot of chanting when with, with my own practice, yet what I'm about to do came to me like a few years ago, I was doing a sound meditation using singing balls and a gong, and I felt like I needed to open my mouth. Mm. And this came through. And I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, technically, I have no idea. I still know, don't know. I know that I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the feeling of it for me. And the experience that it creates on people when I'm working with it. And so I just connect and I allow it. And yeah. Do you need a singing ball? I have one. No, like nowadays I just can do it. It's just Sweet. So do we need to like tack on like a um, option <laughs> for people to listen or not listen? <laughs> no, I think that, you know, for everyone listening, just... And if you want, as I, as I do, it's just close your eyes and it's just feeling it in your body. And for mm -hmm. me, everything that is sound is all about vibration and the reverberation in the body. So if you're able to feel it, then that's the, the path. Mm. Thank you. so relaxing for me <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I i love it because for me as well it's not only it's relaxing it's opening it's expansive mm -hmm. and it's always different i have no idea what's coming through every single time it feels fresh and unique and new i think Maybe before I even talked with you, 
I went to a sound bath. Mm. I can't even remember if I had even officially met you yet. I think I just <laughs> went to your house in Devonport. Mm. And um, it's very transportive to experience sound healing and sound baths or sound meditation. There's lots of names for it, but I guess my point is the element of sound is so potent for me, you know? What, do you have any additional thoughts or <laughs> musings on that? Mm. I, I find I super resonate with sound. This is why I think that I do this. This is why I play singing balls. This is why I, I work with, with energy in, in that perspective because sound is the closest thing that we have to working with energy, frequencies, and vibrations that is not as polluted as other things that we can see because everything is energy, everything is vibrations. Yet with the sound, we can get closer to the experience of it. And with me, the understanding that by working with sounds, I can tap into a certain frequency, into a vibration and change that and get to a more coherent one, aligning all of the cells in my body, aligning all of my energies. That is the path of healing. That is the path of expansion. And I even believe that in the past, sound uh, with you know singing balls was used to move objects like there's a lot of stories in in the past in Egypt and in, in Tibet of moving rocks and moving a lot of huge things just by tuning the the elements uh, to a certain frequency and standing in in specific spots so using in a sense what now we would call sacred geometry with the vibration they would move things and now i believe that sound and sound with vibration in a sense is the medicine of the future yes and there's a lot of studies nowadays to cure cancer this is you know like fringe but to specifically find the frequency that some of the cancer cells are vibrating at and they target just that. So instead of using something like chemo or anything that is going to the entire body, it's just completely targeted. So there's so many amazing possibilities with sound. And yeah, the most important part for me with that is always how does it feel? <laughs> Does it feel good? Does it Delicious. feel yes? <laughs> so, so if that is the body saying yes, then yes. <laughs> A yes is yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there's plenty of ways to uh, catch Brian in person, and I will be um, asking about a little bit of that in a minute. But I wanted to, well, we've got time to talk about conscious action as uh, like a company, as your sort of handle and the invitation that you have that's wrapped around that. Mm. Yeah, so for me with Conscious Action, it encapsulates 
a lot of what I'm bringing into the world. Mm. I I believe that that connection is at the root of everything and that actually this connection is why we have the issues that we have in the world both internally and externally so it represents that disconnection representing a lot of the mental health issues that we are seeing nowadays a lot of depression suicides and externally with a lot of the issues in our earth in our environment and the solution is connection the solution is to bring more consciousness and to understand how well-being is tied into everything when we bring alignment to ourselves to others and to our relationship in in that with ourselves our relationship with others our relationship with our spaces and environment then our actions start to change so a lot of times i i've had throughout the years many people asking me why i don't share more action tips so what what do i do and i tend to focus more on the why do we do what we do oh i love that and going to that understanding it comes from my understanding of of healing is going to what's underneath it's not it's not going to make a huge difference for someone to get a reusable cup to get their coffee if they don't understand the importance of it if they don't understand why they are doing that but if they understand that if they don't have that then they are going to use a single use plastic one or or something that is going to have an impact that they are not aware of then they're just going to do that so if someone can connect with why why do i care about this understand about their values understand what they stand for and to be able to do that they need to understand themselves they need to connect with themselves so there is this inner and outer work that is necessary in order for us to to change to create change so like the tagline that that I've come up with uh, in the last couple of years has been make meaningful changes in your life to create an impact in the world that's the one thank you i love that so that that is that is part of it and and the, the coming together the understanding like our values are connection collaboration celebration all in compassion so holding those four c's that are part of it at the at the root of everything i think that it's really important and yes it is really important the outer actions but where they are rooted from it's really important as well oh, so to be able to to understand both things is really important so as i focus a lot on on the why and the how i also focus a little bit on the what what do we do mm-hmm. <laughs> yet i try to make sure that it's not just about you know that as i said it's not about stop using this or stop using that or buy from here or buy from there it's like understanding why would you do that and then once i understand it it's easier for me to do that i see this as an example with my family mm-hmm. we grew up in argentina we were big meat eaters mm-hmm. now we are all vegan all of you 
So, you know, like I, I went now and spent time with my family and it's easy because we all eat vegan. So, and understanding as well, like we're buying organic food and understanding, of course, there's with, especially with organic food, there's a privilege that comes uh, with that in order to be able to afford that food. But there's an understanding and a prioritization. It's not that I'm rich. It's that I make a priority on certain things. So the more that we can understand and, and we can make changes, as I said, like being big meat eaters from Argentina to being now all vegan and eating fully plant-based and eating organic food, that's a huge change. And yet it didn't happen overnight, which is what a lot of people nowadays, they just want the quick fix, the quick change, give me the tip, what, what do I do, one, two, three? And it's like, well, we're all different and we all need to go through things in our own time. And yes, it might be that you're ready to make the change by tomorrow, but it might be that you're ready to make the change in years mm -hmm. from now. So allowing as well without judging. And that's where the compassion element comes from. And, yes. and being able to to understand that we've all been conditioned in so many ways and understanding from me with all of the ancestral trauma and family constellation perspectives and Tibetan Buddhism perspectives, we all hold things that we don't understand. So if I don't understand them, I understand that. I don't understand fully your experience. I cannot understand fully someone else's experience. I can allow it. I can hold it with compassion, even when there are things that I think that's wrong, instead of pointing fingers. Because understanding communication, honest and open conversations, that is what creates change, instead of pointing fingers and saying, you're wrong and I'm right. I love a good dialogue. I'm obsessed with conversation. <laughs> and this is why I love this. This yeah. is why I love talking with you now. This is why I love having conversations in, in the podcast. This is why I love, you know, holding space for this to unfold. So, Brian, how do we find you? You find me through space and time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, you you find me uh, online through Conscious Action, and that is the uh, Conscious Action NZ as New Zealand, and or either through my name Brian Berneman. That's all in social media or website brianberneman.com or consciousaction.co.nz, and you can find there some of the things that I'm bringing, that I'm sharing, some of the ways that people can work with me if that's something that they resonate with. Lately, I've been doing a lot of work with more businesses, running well-being programs for them, running meditation sessions for them. I've been doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one healing work, energy work, family constellation work, especially family constellation lately. That has been a lot one-on-one, -on -one, um, a lot of sound healing. So there's a lot of different ways. I love working one-on-one. -on -one. I, I love all of it, but I love working one-on-one -on -one because, as you mentioned, not everyone is ready to work on everything on a group setting. 
and one-on-one, especially when I can work with someone, like a few of my clients that I work with them in containers of three months, or even I have some clients that basically are open-ended and I've been working every single week for more than two years now. There's so much there to explore and to be able to, for me, to, to see someone understanding of themselves and the progress that they make on coming back to their own power and to understand I'm there for them. I don't do anything for them. Yet I can see the transformation taking place and it's beautiful. I love that. I love it. You're such a magical man. Ooh, juicy. Brian, I have two questions for you. Yes. I ask my guests questions and I want to first ask you one that... <laughs> that I've just come up with um, recently. So the question is, if you were to spend a day with any version of yourself from either the past, present, or future, which would you choose and why? Uh, I would choose... I might be cheating here a little bit, but I would choose one that is timeless and that is what some might call superconsciousness or um, the higher being, I would choose to connect with uh, that aspect of me because that holds everything and exists outside of time, outside of this linear time. And that is a much wider perspective of, of what is happening. So connecting with that, yes. You blew the top right off of that question. <laughs> well done, well done. Okay, I'm going to hold you down to this one. <laughs> There's this fascinating thing that I have about um, what we retain in terms of things that we've learned. And like, I have a lot of these random factoids lodged in my head when I was convinced I was going to be, you know, a, a marine biologist or a... Um, Broadway star. So I've got like random songs lodged in my head or random animal facts stuck in my head. Do you have like one of those kind of like, it's funny that I know this kind of fact that you can share with me because I'm obsessed with these things. Yes, uh, there's there's a lot of random stuff that stuck with me. Right? And I, I used to be, and, and I still love it, but I used to be obsessed with basketball, with the NBA. What? And with TV shows. That was two of my all-time loves. I still love like, <laughs> watching. I don't do as much as I used to, yet... I remember so much stuff. Like I can tell you, you know, like some stats from some player. In, oh yeah, give me, give me like, a name, give me a name. And it's like, oh my god, this is crazy that that this is still there. I I remember a lot of things. Like my idol growing up was Michael Jordan, and like I can still remember certain things. And it's like, oh wow, like he had thirty points in this game, and it's like nineteen ninety eight. And I'm like, why is this still here in my head? Love that. What was his number again? Twenty-three. <laughs> and then forty-five as well. Oh my god! See, that's amazing. But yeah, it's it's incredible how these things happen. They are just there, and some song lyrics as well. And some of them, it's hard to to understand. I recently, uh, just briefly, when I was with my family, my brother played this song that I haven't heard in 
at least 25 years. It was a, like a song in Spanish from the singer Leon Giego. And he played it and suddenly it's like, I started singing it. And I'm like, wow, I haven't heard this song in 25 years. I haven't sung it. And that was there. And that's incredible. Made groove. Yes. Ooh, yum. Thank you. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for this time. Um, I can hear my beloved making us dinner in the background as well. So I'm getting really, really excited about that as well. <laughs> I wanted to uh, close out our show with a bit of gratitude. Grateful for the joy of communication, the joy of connection, and this beautiful, wonderful friendship that I have with you that feels so mutually beneficial, which is my favorite kind of friendship. <laughs> and I'm so grateful um, for the rain. Uh, as complicated as it can be for humanity, I'm so grateful for rain and grateful for you, dear listener, and grateful for this network of support that I find myself in and grateful for the technology that allows us to record and the time and, you know, dogged persistence and dedication that it takes to continuously show up for myself day in and day out. Mm. What about you, Brian? I'm grateful, first of all, for you, mm. for creating this space. And like, I mean, not everything that I'm feeling and experiencing is going to come through in this <laughs> conversation, but it's been so wonderful and so lovely to always connect with you to spend time with you and whichever capacity that is and i'm grateful for energy i'm grateful for being able to to do this work and to have the the privilege of being able to to understand the beauty of things be, beyond my senses and what I would, can recognize a lot of times. There's this beauty and this preciousness in this human life and the understanding that it will come to an end in this shape and form. And I'm grateful that I know that because then that gives me more awareness to appreciate it. So... I'm grateful for all of the people listening to this and for all of the medicine and gifts that you're bringing into this world. And yes, I think that's, that's it. Yum. Also, thank you to Bjorn for the post-production and packaging up of this podcast. Gotta love it. Ah. So that thus ends our episode. Do check out the show notes um, if you're wanting to get in touch with Brian. I do hope that you do. And uh, see you for another episode of the Rudo Love Podcast next week. Kakite anoa ho i I love you all. Bye. Bye.